GamesillaMedia.com. Noise Land Arcade. Welcome to this week's episode of Noiseland Arcade. I am Craig WK, and with me is my buddy Sean, the Arcade Phantom. Howdy, everybody. Howdy. Well, what was that? Then we're off to a winning start there. <laughs> Howdy. Howdy, y'all. Howdy. This isn't the episode with the country singer. I'm going to try speaking a little southern twang for this entire episode. <laughs> Please don't. I won't. I won't. <laughs> So this week's episode is the Crepes of Wrath. Uh, Sean, when did this episode come out? Crepes of Wrath, episode 11, first air date, April 15th, 1990. Yeah, so in this episode, the Simpsons take part in a foreign exchange program uh, where they send Bart to France, uh, where he gets worked half to death, and uh, they take in an Albanian child named Adil, who lives with the Simpsons, and takes an odd interest in nuclear energy. Uh, So... Around this time, uh, uh, just to dive right in, uh, around this time in the world, there's some really heavy stuff going on. Oh? Like what? Super heavy. So, uh, around, uh, uh, so recently, uh, in previous episodes, you might remember, Sean, and our listeners might remember, that Nelson Mandela had finally been freed from prison in South Africa. Yeah. Now, around this time, this is sort of giving rise to uh, more of like an outcry for equal rights in South Africa from, you know, black people because apartheid is going on where, you know, they've been, you know, like uh, discriminated against for like over 100 years or whatever. Yeah, they they were basically second class citizens. Yeah, it was ridiculous, especially that it was happening into the 90s, you know, and uh, so within a city called uh, Velcom. Uh, there was an organization that was created called the Blanca Weilig Heidswaga, which roughly translates to White Security Watch. Do you feel like this is going in a good direction? Because no, it's not. No, I don't. It's really not. Uh, they drive around at night. Also, Blanca? Blanca? Like Street Fighter? Yeah, so it's uh, uh, it's in Afrikaans, uh, okay. is, uh, uh, this language. It's it's very reminiscent of German to me, but I don't think it's quite exactly German. I, I don't know the, the differences myself. Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess Blanca is a version of white. Oh, yeah, there if we you go. If you translate it, it would be white. So, yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense, but I just never clicked that together in my head. That's yeah. weird. So they drive around at night. They tell black people to, like, leave or go indoors. I. Uh, and, like, they would ride, ride around armed with, like, whips and pistols and stuff. And apparently they only ever used them, quote-unquote, in self-defense. The world sucks. The world has always sucked. <laughs> Here comes a quote that's going to just boil your blood, Sean. So, uh, so at one of the mines, uh, uh, you know, they, they were, like, you know, getting, like, you know, having, like, interviews and stuff. And black people were making the demand that the white people should have to stay in line to use elevators like they did for, for the mines. Makes sense, right? That everyone should have to wait in line and not let white people take cuts. Uh, so one of the uh, Blanca Weile Heidswaga members, uh, who's also was a, an electrician at that mine, was quoted as saying... We won't stand for that. We are sick and tired of this nonsense. They got Mandela freed. Apartheid is going, and they still want more. God, I hate the world. I 
hate the world so much. Right? <laughs> oh. oh my lord! Yeah, I I just like I was just like so fired up reading this article in the it was in the Detroit Free Press uh, that Sunday when this uh, episode aired. Uh, the group had three thousand two hundred members within a few months, and other towns at that time were seeking to create similar groups. Now here's the the silver lining to this. I did a Google search because I thought, okay, how far did this spread? How big are they? Are they a thing? Google search brought up not a damn thing on this organization. Good. Which means that it hopefully faded out and never came back and everything is a whole lot better, I hope, in South Africa. I hope so because that sucks. That that's bad. Uh, Yikes! God. Right? Oh, Sean, God. Sean, Sean, make make things better for me, if you please. What what was going on in the world that you found? Gladly. So, in pop culture news, I don't talk a lot about video games because it's really hard to peg down dates for video games in the early '90s. Yeah, it's rough because it's... there weren't hard street dates. A lot mm. of games came out when people got them; they put them on the shelf. That's basically what happened. Yeah, but it's generally believed that Konami decided to make a sequel to Metal Gear for Americans called Snake's Revenge, which came out at this time period. What Do you like cheap cash-ins? Because that's what Snake's Revenge is. It's I, not Metal Gear 2. It's not Metal Gear 2, Solid Snake. No, it's Metal Gear, Snake's Revenge, a crappy action game. I, I asked for good news, Sean. I'm sorry, Craig. That's what, what, what I got. It's, Oof. Yikes. Uh, we're off to a rousing start. And oh, yikes. Snake's Revenge is not a good game, but... It's generally believed it came out about the second week of April, so hmm. it would have been right here. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's get into the episode. Bart is has made a mess in the hallway. He's like, come home. Uh, he drops all of his stuff off. He, like, you know, like, drops his skateboard in the hallway uh, of the second floor. Which, this was me as a child. <laughs> I, w- uh, I would leave my stuff everywhere because I'm a brat. I was uh, a little bit more uh, of a neat freak when I was a kid. Like, my room would get messy eventually, but, like, normally I liked it to be a little bit more, you know, uh, uh, know, straightened up and stuff. Or, you know, my mother would beat me. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so uh, uh, there's like a uh, a crusty doll in the the hallway and stuff. And Homer comes around the corner, and he's like, he's like, oh my god, he's like, look at this place. This is a mess. And he goes to like pick the the crusty doll, and he steps, I believe, on the skateboard. It might be a roller skate. Now that I'm thinking about it, but I think it's a skateboard. Slips and falls down the stairs. Lands on his back. His back goes out. And the crusty doll the whole time has been turned on. And it keeps saying, I like to play with you. And as time goes by, it starts going, I'd like to play with you. I'd like to play with you. I'd like to play with you. And it's just this garbled, <laughs> horrific nightmare. And everything in the house other than Bart comes to Homer at this point. <laughs> the dog. The dog. Which is, the, I think, his first appearance outside of the Christmas episode. The cat shows up. Yep. Snowball, too. And uh, Maggie Mag- shows up. So the dog actually shows up on this episode. A little bit of trivia for this, who are Simpsons buffs. This was supposed to be the season finale. This was the last episode filmed and written for the show. Now, it makes sense because uh, uh, I feel like... Because, you know, all of the season one, you you watch it and the animation is kind of choppy. In this episode, 
The animation is really good. It is on point. This episode does not feel like a season one episode. This feels like a season two episode. And that's probably why, because the animation had had finally kind of hit its stride. When Homer was falling down the stairs, Sean, I thought for sure, I was like, oh man, this is going to be a wreck. And Homer fell down the stairs and it looked good. It was well animated. Yeah. And when Marge and Lisa finally come in from the... uh, uh, out whatever they were doing, they find Homer on the ground with like the 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 dog, the cat, and Maggie all curled up next to him with this doll going like, and and they're like and they freak out and the animation from them in the door looks good when it cuts to Homer you could see the the uh, the den instead of like just poorly animated it looks actually pretty good and everything looks solid it looks like the Simpson house should and it, the animation is pretty stellar and Homer utters probably my favorite line from this episode because of Dan Castellaneta's delivery bring me the boy The boy. Bring me the boy. So cutting back to Bart. Bart's in his bedroom, and he's with something we very, very rarely see in the series. Bart has a pet frog. Yeah. He has a... Or is it a bullfrog? It's a... I think it's a bullfrog. But it's his little frog that he keeps in a jar. Uh Uh-huh. And it's very rarely seen. And there's a particular reason this frog has been put into this episode. And it's kind of a low-blow joke, which we'll get to in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Definitely Uh, a low-blow joke. Yeah, it really is. Uh, So, so the uh, the episode... uh, Cuts to uh, Marge yelling at Bart, and she's like, "You know, if you you know cleaned up your mess, you your Homer or uh, your father's trick back wouldn't be like you know out of alignment or something like that." And she uh, yells at Bart to clean his room, and he starts basically just throwing things in the closet. This is how I cleaned as a little kid. Basically, what you do is you pick stuff up, you throw it in the closet, and you're done with it. And then, like, five minutes later, you find something really interesting you forgot was in there. You play with it, and you forget what you were doing, and you don't clean anymore. That is exactly how I cleaned as a kid. (laughs) Bart spoke to me, and I learned how to clean from Bart, or I was just a slacker my whole life. Maybe a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Uh, So while Bart's cleaning, he finds a cherry bomb, uh, which is like a a small explosive firework. And uh, uh, so... It, 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 the scene changes over and Bart's at school and he's bragging about this like cherry bomb and what he's going to like do with it or whatever. And meanwhile, Agnes, uh, Agnes Skinner is, I, uh, I uh, come to the school to visit. Uh, Principal Skinner's mother has made her first appearance here. And she is very different from how she'll be later on. She's actually a really sweet old lady in this scene. I wonder if the eventual accident in the school warped her changed her could have but man that I, wouldn't explain the just, upbringing though she was mm. just well yeah <laughs> <laughs> she was really sweet in this episode though she seemed like a nice old lady who you'd like feel like oh let me help you with your groceries to your car ma'am she calls she calls seymour spanky she's like spanky who are these children makes you wonder how skinner got that nickname doesn't it well, that's the horrible upbringing he had by his <laughs> tyrannical mother, the spanking. <laughs> that's kind of what I figured. <laughs> At this point, she's just taunting him by calling him spanky. Man, what a shrewd woman. So, I, 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 Agnes is like, she's like, spanky, who are these children? And the, the, all the boys laugh. And it's Bart, Milhouse, uh, Lewis, and uh, Richard. Ah, you remembered Richard. This Richard, time. yes, yeah, yeah Richard. Go. Yeah, I think that's his name, right? 
I hope God, I hope so. Uh, so it's them lined up, and I, uh, I. Uh, uh, she's like, oh, these children seem so nice. Oh, and that's what it is. She, uh, uh, he, uh, uh, he's Bart says his name, and uh, or or Skinner introduces Bart, and she's like, is this the boy you always talk about? Which means that Skinner goes home to complain to his mom about Bart a whole hell of a lot. He really does not like Bart. <laughs> Bart, I mean, they're they're arch enemies with each other. Yeah, like they they are like Bart. Well, Bart will eventually get another arch enemy, but uh, in this episode, it's, uh, it's Skinner. Yeah, it's, it's Skinner. He's an authoritarian figure, and Bart is much chaos. like me. I'm Bart. I do not <laughs> put up with that crap. <laughs> so I always tried to cause trouble with the establishment. I I would mess with the principal all the time in high school. Yeah, yeah. I I distinctly remember quite a few times you getting into tr- a lot of trouble. Yeah, tried. Try to get him to sign over his soul. You know, basic high school things. Oh, if only you had succeeded for me, Sean. <sighs> I know. If oh. only you had succeeded. I would have had Principal Willenberg's soul. <clears throat> anyway, I. Oh. Uh, so I. 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 The uh, Bart goes to the bathroom and he's you know like talks about how you know like they're he's gonna drop light it and drop it in a toilet because it's a classic, so you know all the boys are egging him on. He lights it and drops it in, and, and of course Agnes is like, I need to go powder my nose or like I need to stop off in the little girl's room. She says the little girl's room, little girl's room. Yep. <laughs> and Agnes goes into the bathroom, and then there's an explosion. And uh, Skinner goes into the boys' room and he's like, what's the meaning of this? And catches the boys in the act. And then he hears, oh, good Lord. And poor Agnes Skinner gets blown off the toilet seat by a pillar of water. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the classics. Ah, the classics indeed. Uh, Which, I don't know about you, Sean, but I don't remember any kids playing with explosives in my school. You were hanging out with the wrong crowd, let me tell you. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. No, I don't remember. Well, we also grew up in a darker time than this as adults, I guess. I don't know. Nobody ever played with explosives that I remember. No, I don't think so. Uh, so uh, Bart gets marched to the Simpsons' home by the ear, which means... Yeah, which is way not cool nowadays that would not fly if the principal grabbed a kid by his ear it really would not uh i don't know i feel like even in the early 90s that would still be a little iffy uh and it's also interesting that like like did skinner drive them there or did they walk or did the bus drop them off because normally a bus has to take bart and lisa to school though there are times when bart rides a skateboard home so it's hard to say so when we cut back to the household homer is laying on the couch (laughs) ringing a bell because his back is out and he's having marge bring him things and it is the most spoiled scene i have ever seen from homer simpson certainly the most spoiled so far i i cannot stand that scene it makes me angry for marge (laughs) that homer just keeps asking for the littlest things like oh those canned sausages in a can can you bring them to me i want a grilled cheese and i want the what is it the fruit cocktail and the heavy syrup like he is spoiled beyond belief fluff my pillow Oh it, just, oh, it just angers me. I hate that. I hate it so much. Oh, man. He asks so much from his wife. <laughs> it's 
so so Homer is like you know an invalid at this point basically and uh, uh, the doorbell rings and Homer starts to read his bell which is quieter <laughs> than the doorbell so I don't really know what the point of it is but he's like Marge Marge get the door and so Marge oh, answers the door and like you know Skinner lets go of Bart's ear and Bart's just like I'm out of here and darts up the stairs uh, which if it was my mother I would have been grabbed by the throat, thrown against the wall, and it just would have been like, what did you do? Like, <laughs> what did you do? There's no way I would have slipped under her grasp to let the principal do the explaining. So Principal Skinner tells the, the family, like, hey, you know, we, we've reached the limits where suspension and expulsion aren't going to do the trick. How about deportation? Which is really heavy for, I mean, geez. <laughs> and I love that Marge is like, what? And Homer's like, hold on. <laughs> Let's hear him out. Let's hear the man out. <laughs> so I, 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 so uh, they they start talking about how I uh, I uh, you know like you know let's look into this foreign exchange program and like you know Homer's like I don't know how much is this gonna cost us like that I'm not interested in that and Skinner is like listen he's like normally this is for students who are you know above average and like you know gonna be doing great things but we're willing to make an exception for Bart. And basically, they're going to pawn him off on someone else. Yeah, that's basically the plan. I uh, so I I Marge is like, listen, she's like, this is a good opportunity for Bart, but we, I mean, he we need to hear what he has to say. I uh, Skinner's picture of this place is a castle, you know. So like Bart, like so so this sounds too good to be true, and it is. I uh, but I uh, but Homer questions this. He's he's a little hesitant. He's like. Well, how do we know that some other principal over in France isn't pulling the same thing and sending us one of their bad kids over here? Yeah, and Skinner's like, well, for one thing, it's not going to be somebody from France. It's going to be an Albanian. And Homer's like, all white with the big eyes? <laughs> Which is, I feel like, not necessarily a racist joke so much as it is Homer's ignorance of not knowing Albania is a country and that he's mixing it up with albino. I, I mean, he is questioning it. Makes me wonder a lot about what Homer thinks basic words are. <laughs> yeah, basically. So, but but regardless, Homer knows what an albino is. So, I mean, yeah, kudos there, I suppose. So, Marge gets up though, and she's gonna go, uh, uh, like tell Bart about this, and it cuts to Bart with his pet frog, and he says, and I quote, "The life of a frog, that's the life for me." Oh, gee, I wonder what that's in reference to. Homer, or Homer, well, Homer as well. But America really, really loved to bash on France back then. And even to today, France has really kind of been a, like a, like the, the sort of the laughing stock of America. What, since World War II or something? Like, what, like, is that when it started? Listen, you're just all jealous because us French are better than you. That's all it is. <laughs> You pretentious Frenchman, Sean. God, I will I be you. a pretentious Frenchman, and we are better than everyone else. Well, you're not better than my ancestry. Well, what's my ancestry, you what's ask? What's your ancestry? German. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, well, well we, we have things, too. <laughs> We'll just be snooty from now on. Well, and it's funny because, like, when you look at like the all like all of the history of like America, France did wonderful things for America. Like, not only did we get their support fighting like the British in like the Revolutionary War, but I'm pretty sure we did anyway. 
We had other countries help. Maybe it wasn't France, but I'm pretty sure it was. But we also ended up getting the Statue of Liberty from them because they're like, hey, America, we love you so much. Here's your statue. Here's your symbol of freedom that you'll have for the rest of eternity. (laughs) And for also, you know, Charlton Heston to scream at in Planet of the Apes. Which is the most important use of the Statue of Liberty. (laughs) (laughs) So... So, uh, so Bart immediately is like, oh, I get to go to, like, another country and, like, I get to live in a castle? Like, this is amazing. So Bart immediately says yes, and Marge and Bart come downstairs and say yes, and Homer immediately jumps up. He's cured. His back no longer hurts. <laughs> because Bart is leaving him, and he high-fives Skinner, and they're both excited, which is funny because it makes you think, they were in a barbershop quartet together. Did they, were they, were they that, like, did they high five because that's what they used to do when their buddies hanging out when they were in a barbershop quartet? I don't know. That barbershop quartet's coming up a lot lately. I mean, it's, it's funny that that was in their history, but like, I mean, obviously the Simpsons timeline is all jacked up. Uh, but I, so I, so Bart is going to go for it. And in order to, to make sure that it's free, the Simpsons have to take in the Albanian kid. And it cuts over to uh, Tirana, which coincidentally is the capital of Albania. And I also found out that the Albanian they speak in that scene is legitimately Albanian. It is Albanian. Um, That is something Sam Simon set up early on in the season where he wanted anytime someone spoke a foreign language, it to be accurate. And I give them a lot of props for that because they very easily could have just been like, like racist garbled jerk, like just jabbering. And it would have like, you know, for the most of the American audience back then, nobody would have questioned that. No, no one would have questioned it at all. Even uh, the French is, of course, accurate. And like even once again, like the fact that like America was loved to bash on France back then, they could have just like absolutely put anything they wanted in the subtitles and just had the lines be like, oh, croissant. And it would have been like, hello, Bart, you know, it like they could have easily done that and like nobody would have batted an eye you have sam simon to thank for that good on sam simon good on sam simon so adil uh husha i believe that's how it's pronounced uh uh husha i believe is uh actually named after enver husha uh who was the leader of albania when it became a communist satellite state for the ussr at the end of world war ii they are still communist at this time period. In 1990, they are still a communist state. They are. The USSR has not collapsed yet. Yep. It's getting there. It really is getting there, but it's not yet. Two years away from Albania not being communist anymore. Wow. 1992 is when communism ended in Albania. So at this time, they're not really an enemy of America, but they're certainly not, I guess, a... a, a, a like a, a like a you know country we're cooperative uh, we did trade with and like we're allies with I suppose they were listed as an enemy of the United States really they, they were, were yes. well because they were a satellite state of the USSR I looked that up why. and they were considered an enemy of the United States at that time period oh, that's the USSR for you uh, that was the Cold War I uh, so I uh, so Bart gets thrown on a plane to France and uh, a deal comes in from Albania and. Uh, so uh, while Adil is very, like, you know, pleasant and polite, and he refers to uh, Homer and Marge as mother and father, uh, Bart gets to France, and uh, he sees uh, uh, one of the two people who are going to be his caretaker, uh, Ugolin. Uh, and Ugolin is just holding a sign that says Bart Simpson, and he throws him into his, like, motorcycle with the sidecar, and they start driving around. No helmet. Oh, yeah. They Good did, catch. They didn't animate a helmet on either of them, which is very interesting and very French. 
also very early 90s because I think that around that time safety really wasn't a big thing. It was, I think, in, it, by the time like the 90s were rolling around, you're getting more, you know, you know, talk about safety and wearing helmets when you even bike ride or motorcycle or whatever. But uh, it wasn't wasn't huge back then. Uh, but while they drive through the countryside, uh, they pass through what are essentially different paintings, uh, different French maybe paintings. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, so the first painting they pass through is uh, Basin al Nymphaeus by Monet, who Monet is one of my favorite artists of all time. Uh, I really enjoy his work. It's very watercolory, uh, and uh, it's the painting of the, the water lilies. Yeah. Uh, the next painting they pass through is Champ de Bleu au Corbeau uh, by Van Gogh, which Van Gogh was Dutch, but he did move to France. Yes. So, so it, you know, and, and in that painting, it's the uh, the one, I think it's the crows uh, flying over the wheat field, which is one of his, his hailed as one of his best works. I. Uh, I think Starry Night is better myself, but but it's still really good. Uh, and then he passes through Le Reve uh, by Rousseau. Uh, and then he passes, uh, which is the scene of the people uh, at the, uh, like the riverfront, like, you know, like having a party or whatever. And then uh, the final one he passes through is Dejeuner sur le Herbe by Manet, uh, which is uh, another famous work of art. But a lot of people mix up Monet and Monet. You can see why. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little. Uh, but uh, yeah, they arrive at uh, Chateau Maison, which are you? Uh, did you figure out what it translates into? What does it translate to, Craig? Translates to either castle house or mansion house. Uh, also, uh, which could be the name of survival horror game. Hmm. Castle house. Castle house. mansion house. <laughs> I, I mean, sweet home is a survival. Come on, it, yeah, it works. Yeah, you're not wrong. So uh, uh, the other uh, 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 person who is his caretaker is Caesar. Uh, and Caesar is seen talking in French to his donkey. Maurice. <laughs> Maurice, who apparently is very well loved because he tells Maurice that his days of backbreaking labor are over now that Bart is here. Ah, uh, Maurice. I love Maurice. <laughs> Maurice the donkey is... I mean, the greatest side character ever in The Simpsons. <laughs> He's a donkey, and he gets something special soon. I, uh, he does get something special. <laughs> he soon. makes him even better. He gets a present <laughs> soon. Uh, so Bart and I, uh, uh, Bart arrives, and Caesar and uh, Ugoline, uh, who I believe are named after characters from like different maybe movies or books or something. I, I, I didn't look too much into that. So the plot of this episode is actually taken from a French movie, and I did not get the episode, uh, the name of the movie, unfortunately. Ah, uh, shoot. Uh, but it is based on that movie. It is based on a movie. Interesting. Uh, so, so Ugolin, uh, uh, as like Caesar's talking to him, is like he's like he's like you'll find Caesar's like you know you'll find hard like work or uh, life very hard here, and Ugolin is like escape is impossible, <laughs> and it's like what is happening? <laughs> it's dark. But he utters the great line of, you'll find work hard here, but if you get through it, it'll end quicker. (laughs) (laughs) 
so yeah so how like rotten and tyrannical are these dudes this, this uh caesar and his nephew ugolin uh are are like they they go through bart's stuff they like rip through his clothing and when bart's like hey guys like you know back off they immediately like just are like growl at him and bart realizes oh Oh, I'm in trouble. Like, because aside from the fact that this is not a castle, it's just a like a like a, a dilapidated shack. So these people take out his camera, mm-hmm. his clothing, which they decide they're gonna sell, except <laughs> for Bart's hat, which they give to Maurice, and he looks dapper in a little red hat. A lucky red hat. It's a lucky red hat. And I wonder if it's a lucky red hat because it survived this horrifying trip to France with Bart. I don't know, but donkeys bring luck, so maybe that's what made it lucky, because Maurice is the luckiest donkey there is. (laughs) Maurice is absolutely the luckiest donkey. I feel like that's the name of, like, a children's cartoon. The luckiest donkey. donkey. (laughs) Maurice the lucky donkey. Uh, And I also appreciate the fact that they go through Bart's stuff, and they're like, we're rich. (laughs) They are rotten. (laughs) Oh, they're so rotten. They're stealing from a child who's brought over from the foreign exchange students. Which they're going to use as a slave. Which, what's really funny is back in when I was maybe 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. No, actually, it was it was the same summer that the um, season seven aired of The Simpsons. Because that's when uh, tr- the Who Shot Mr. Burns was. Okay. It was over that summer. Uh-huh. My aunt actually had a foreign exchange student from uh, Barcelona. Oh, okay. N- named Alalia. She was the nicest girl in the world. Mm-hmm. She's high school age. They went through with her. But it's really funny to me that they had a foreign exchange student. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, as a kid, I'm like, huh, I wonder if they're going to use her as a slave. <laughs> like, the Simpsons has corrupted this whole program. Do they still do foreign exchanges? They have to. Oh, I'm like, sure they do. I'm, 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 I'm like 99% sure they do because uh, I think you and I, when we used to work together uh, back in the day, uh, there was somebody who had foreign exchange students come to their uh, home. You're right. Yeah, one of our coworkers had that. Uh, Sean, for those who don't know, Sean and I used to work together for a few years. Uh, at this point, it's been, what, probably three, four, or five years since then? Yeah, it's been like three years since then. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so meanwhile, while Bart's suffering all the, this terrible stuff, a deal uh, is... Uh, uh, you know, having like discussions at the dinner table. And it's funny because he's arguing with Lisa about like the, the differences between like, you know, capitalism and communism and stuff. And uh, he, he says, he's like, even at this point in the early 90s, we knew he's like, how can you support a country where 5% of the people own 95% of the wealth? Which has switched to 1% to 99%. Yeah. But that's. And I. Uh... Uh, I really appreciate uh, Homer's line because, you know, they both both the kids are bickering and Homer's like, kids, kids, kids. He's like, maybe Lisa's right about this being the land of opportunity. And maybe Adil has a point about the machinery of capitalism being oiled with the blood of its workers. And uh, I, you know, and, and Adil is going to like, you know, like put uh, put away the dishes or whatever. And Marge is like, oh, uh, thanks. I, before that, though, I like mm-hmm. that Lisa and Adil. They agree that they have political differences, but they're going to be friends. That's a great lesson for everyone that you're going to have political differences from people, but you can still be friends with them, debate it on their political. Yeah, that is very true. It's 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 hard to. It's very adult, very adult from Lisa. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, And I I, so I uh, Homer is like, man, he's like, this is the like the way I always thought it should be. I guess that, you know, he's like, I always thought it was something on my like that my fault that I messed up on, but I guess we know which cylinder wasn't firing, and Lisa's 
pissed. She refers to it. Uh, uh, she says, uh, "Like, uh, may I be excused? Your pa- the uh, your paper thin commitment to your children disgusts me." <laughs> And it's kind of true. Homer's kind of rotten right now. He he's appreciating the fact that like you know a deal is is sort of this like you know super child you know and, and I mean you know let's face it putting away the dishes isn't that bad. Having political thoughts is is you know like that's all pretty average stuff. But at the same time, you know. It's funny to me that, like, Homer, who has no interest in politics, is suddenly like, oh, this is the way dinner should be, when, what political thoughts has he ever brought to the table of the I, Simpsons I think console? Homer's just happy that he doesn't have a kid who's yelling and screaming and causing problems. I guess so. Uh, but Homer kind of makes this worse, because, like, I, I, he's like, man, he's, I don't remember the exact line he says, but, like, he's like, man, maybe we'll have to exchange Lisa next. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... And Marge is kind of fired up at him, understandably so. Uh, it's twisted. It is a little twisted. So uh, Homer puts a deal to bed, and uh, a deal wants to go see the nuclear power plant. Specifically, we later find out he wants to see the plutonium isolation model. Uh, and Which uh, is a normal request for a child. Oh, absolutely. There's nothing more normal than a child wanting to see specific parts of a nuclear power plant. That's weird, right? I feel like that's weird. I mean, I'd be interested. In, I, I I find technology fascinating. I think it was interesting. When you were a child, though. Yeah, I would have found it interesting as a kid. It, it's like a trip to the factory. Would you have known that there is such a thing called the plutonium isolation model? I don't think you would have, Sean. Was it on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Because, I mean, like, I remember that episode where he goes to the Cran Factor very vividly, so maybe it's like that. Oh, maybe, maybe he talked about the plutonium isolation module on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Now, kids, this is the plutonium isolation model, and it helps power all your homes. Ah, oh, Mr. Rogers, you were too good for this world. He really was. <laughs> uh, so Marge and Homer uh, have a discussion before they go to bed, though, right? So they have a discussion before they go to bed. But do you notice the background feature of this scene? What's that? Because there's something very weird to me. Uh. Homer's got a picture of a deal behind his bed. <laughs> I that, that. That's how much he's taken to liking this kid, that he has a photo of him behind his bed. That's Yeah, that's weird. He's laying in bed with his wife and looking up at a child <laughs> that's not his. Yeah, that's weird. But Homer eventually has this happen again with uh, another uh, program he gets involved with. Uh, Homer just likes nice kids. That's... Yeah, he, he, he just does not like his own children, apparently. So uh, it cuts to the, the nuclear power plant. While, so, oh, yeah? You skipped a scene earlier on where a oh, deal yeah. is integrated into the school. Oh, right. I want to talk about this because this scene really throws me off. Yeah, yeah. So Skinner introduces a deal to the students. Mm -hmm. And he says that, you know, foreigners may seem backwoods and strange to them. What the hell? You are the principal of this school and you are teaching bigotry to these children. Ah, but do you know what school that he is the principal of? Springfield Elementary. Springfield Elementary. Like, that is that is messed up. <laughs> it is. I also appreciate that Adil is like, though my country uh uh like has like like ordered me that I must hate you, like I you know, like I, I do not feel it in my heart. Uh so so you know, Adil wants to see the nuclear power plant. And he he's real cunning. Like the music gets a little darker when he's like talking about the nuclear power plant and stuff. He gets real shifty eyes and stuff. And I uh, I uh, 
it uh uh you know cuts to home run margin bad and uh marge is like like you need to you know admit that you miss bart and you love him and he's like yeah yeah, yeah i love bart and then marge lays down and he's like well well <laughs> and she's like yeah 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 life's made you know life's a lot easier since a deal's been here and uh i i it like you know the next day or whatever, uh, a deal is at the power plant, and he he specifically mentions he wants to see the plutonium isolation model. Uh, and it's funny because he goes to see Lenny, and Lenny has his voice finally. Yeah, Lenny's got the right voice. He looks the same, and uh, uh, he's like, "Lenny, where's the you know one of those plutonium isolation models?" He's like, "It's in sector, it's in sector twelve. And Homer like looks at him, and he's like, "It's by the candy <laughs> machines on the third floor." And Homer's like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." Uh, which, he, which Lenny has a, a basically set up similar to Homer's as a safety inspector. Is Lenny another safety inspector for a different sector? Could be. Maybe. They never really go into Lenny and Carl's jobs at the plant. Though Homer spends a lot of time with them, so maybe they're also safety inspectors? That could be. Huh. Well, need to look into that. Yeah. I. Uh, so, I... Uh, it, so, like, meanwhile, it cuts to Bart and, oh, I'm sorry, no, uh, uh, Homer, he, uh, Adil takes photos of all the top secret, like, plutonium stuff. And, and Homer's Homer, like, paying no <laughs> mind, jumps in all the photos trying to get pictures with it. He's like, oh, take this picture of me. Oh, I gotta take off this helmet so you can get a better picture of me. Yeah, which is which is just great. It says top secret, there's plutonium. <laughs> He's snapping all these photos. Well, uh, so it cuts back to France and Bart is being treated like garbage. Bart gets a letter from his mom. Yeah, he does. And it's a sad letter. She's like, your father went to bed talking about how much he loved you. And like, you know, Bart's super sad. When Bart goes to steal a grape, finally, because he's starving to death, one of them like smacks him in the back of the head. He spits it out and the guy in Uvo gets like, ungrateful swine, which is <laughs> what a thing to say to a child. Man, it is really bad for Bart over in France. It is super bad. Uh, you find out that Adil is also uh, no has isn't a secret agent known as the Sparrow. He's using Bart's treehouse to send uh, uh, classified information to Albania uh, through like uh, Morse code and faxing the the pictures, yeah. which is real weird. Which is again, they loved fax machines. They were magical. Fax machines. More fax machines in my episode. <laughs> It's the future, 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 future. I uh, so the the grapes have been harvested. Bart has Bart has single handedly harvested like all the grapes at this winery. He harvests the grapes. He smashes the grapes. He does all the work. He's so at this point he's so sick of France. He's like stupid French and like smashing the grapes. And uh, and after he's smashing the grapes. He doesn't have shoes on for the rest of the time he's in France. They were probably sold. He probably lost his shoes and they were sold. Mm-hmm. So, I, uh, the Caesar and Uvogin are, are like, you know, they're like, man, this is only fermented for like three weeks. What are we going to do? We want to like sell this stuff and get some money. And Caesar utters a line, which is just so... I, I, Dark? I, don't even, I don't even know how to like describe it. Whenever my faith in God is shaken, I think of the miracle of antifreeze. And he's going to put antifreeze in the wine. Now, Sean. Side note, I said that line when I put antifreeze in my car before it became winter. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever my faith in God is shaken, I think of the miracle of antifreeze. Only he says it in French. I, I didn't write down what, did that tra- what the translation into French is. Yeah, I probably should have done that. It would have came out much more poetic. I... Uh, now, 
the like the, what always kind of confused me is I had always heard about like you know putting antifreeze in wine and how it's gonna like you know potentially poison and kill people and, and stuff like that. But apparently, and I don't know if you did some research on this yourself. Oh, I've done a lot of research on this. The 1985 di uh, di uh, what is it diethylene glycol wine scandal. Yep. So I guess, uh, and, and Sean, go, go ahead and go a little bit more in depth in there. And if I have anything to add, I certainly will. So this episode is very well based on this, where it turns out some wine was fermented with antifreeze. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> apparently in Austria, uh, which is kind of funny that it wasn't French, but uh, Austria, uh, some wineries in Austria added antifreeze, which apparently sweetens the wine and it makes it taste as if it's more late in the harvest. Uh, I, that's what I read online. and you, ba uh, you basically can fool the vintage of a bottle with it, is what you can do. That's interesting. So you can actually pass it off as a much higher vintage than it was, so it sells for more. Oh. So, for example, if I were to get a bottle of wine that's from 1985, but it wasn't a very good year, yeah. and 1984 was, because of that, you could pass it off as a 1984 wine and sell it for that price, label it as a 1984 wine, and sell it for that much more. I gotcha. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's real shrewd, but like potentially it can poison people. Like it, yeah. it is, antifreeze is poisonous. And uh, and it's interesting because like, you know, like they talk about how keeping it, you have to keep it away from animals because it is sweet. It apparently has a sweet taste to it, which, you know, I, I you know, means that if animals get a hold of it, they're going to. Try to try to drink a it. lot yeah. of it, <laughs> uh, but yeah, apparently the Austrian wine making uh, uh, business was just destroyed for years because of this like pockmark from a few of those wineries and even a few German ones too. They found out that a few German wineries were taking the Austrian wine and like blending it with theirs, and then it ended up like sullying their business too. Oddly enough, it is very hard to find German wines even in Europe. I was in Amsterdam a couple of years ago. Yeah. And a lot of the wines were listed, and the ones that came from Germany were very expensive because they're very hard to get into Amsterdam. Interesting. Their wine industry is not what it used to be, but the ones that still exist are very high class because the high class ones got to stick around. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I, uh, the I, uh, so I, uh, they add the antifreeze. They add a bit. They and they like they see Bart, and Bart's looking at him, and uh, uh, they're like, "Ah, oh, get out of here!" And they start yelling at him, and he goes away. And then Caesar stops. He's like, "Wait, wait, wait!" He's bring like, the kid. <laughs> he's like, and he's like, he's like Bart, Bart. He's like Bart, come here. And he's like, he's like, drink a little bit of wine. He's like, kids drink wine. He's like, you know, no big deal in France. And Bart's like, yeah, but you added antifreeze to it. And he's like, drink it. And Bart takes the wine. And he chugs it like a sorority girl. Like wine you're supposed to <laughs> sip, but Bart just downs this glass. Like that's something I was shocked by. Yeah, he takes a shot essentially of an entire glass of wine. Which I love my wine, but I don't drink it that fast. I would hope not. Uh, Unless it's Oscars night, because then, then I'm just <laughs> drinking as much wine as possible. And being a catty little bitch, but that's neither here nor there. So, <laughs> so Caesar, I... Uh, does one of these things where he like waves his finger around and, and he's like, oh, his vision's not that bad. He's <laughs> he like, go blind. He's like, we're gonna we're gonna need a bunch of antifreeze. And Uvogin's like, I want to go out there. It's raining. And he's like, well, we need the the like to to get this wine out. And they're like, the boy, <laughs> <laughs> send the boy. He's the solution to all of our problems. Yep. Which slavery, I mean, is horrible. But I can't believe they're putting Bart through all of this. So Bart decides. He's going to go out. He's stuck going out. 
and they give him a sheet of paper that says where he needs to go. Yeah. And Bart doesn't know where anything is. It's raining. The ink starts to run. Uh-huh. Bart is confused, which is funny because he doesn't have the wine on him at the time. He's just wandering the streets. Yeah, it, it makes me wonder. Like, what, I guess he was just going to pick up the antifreeze to bring back, but like, what was he going to put it on? Yeah, was he going? He was probably going to carry it because they wouldn't give him a donkey to carry it. But they gave him a bike. That's true. They did give him a bike. They gave him a bike to get into town. Uh, they did not give him a donkey because Maurice is uh, way too valuable. Yeah, Maurice is the lucky donkey, everyone. He's he's so lucky they forgot that he existed for a moment and forgot that he could carry antifreeze. <laughs> so I uh, so Bart's like just like like underneath this awning in this French town has, doesn't speak French, and this policeman walks by, and Bart's like, "Hey, you're a policeman." He's like, he's like, "You got to help me," and the guy. Doesn't speak doesn't English. Speak English. He doesn't understand him. He gives Bart some candy, uh, and Bart like immediately eats it because he's starving. Which is one of my favorite things. Is Bart's like, no, 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 I, don't, I don't want candy. And then he just eats it and just downs it because he needs food. And I, uh, I, and so like the guy walks off, and Bart's like, he's like, I can't believe it. I've spent all this time in this stupid country, and then he starts speaking French. He realizes he can speak French. He's been around it long enough that he understands some of it, which further proves that Bart is smarter than you think he is. He can pick up languages. He can do anagram. Bart is a smart kid. Earlier in the episode, too, you have uh, 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 like uh, uh, Bart, or, uh, Homer was like, you know, like Bart, or uh, I think it was maybe even Bart was like, you know, Bart doesn't speak French. How is he going to get by? And Skinner's like, oh, the average child can like pick up, uh, uh, you know, a language in a matter of weeks. And Homer's like, what about the boy? And Skinner's like, I'm sure he'll get enough to get by. And uh, but Bart learned French. So Bart learning French that quickly always makes me think. I always wanted to learn a foreign language as a little kid. I don't know about you. Did you ever want to learn a foreign language? I was pretty interested in it, sure. And I think what made me want to learn a foreign language was a commercial that aired around the time of it. Muzzy? It's muzzy. (laughs) Je suis la juve. Yes, that's French those kids are speaking. And no, they aren't French. They're American. You, you know, that was really funny. After watching this episode, I went on YouTube and I searched up Muzzy commercials. Did you really? <laughs> oh, that's so good. And I wasn't even going to bring it up because I just thought, oh, this is weird. Nobody's going to know what Muzzy is. No. I totally thought of Muzzy because oh. of this episode. Oh, that's great. And I always wanted to learn French. And oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, that's yeah. so good. So so Bart learns French. He tells the policeman, like, you know, these men, they mistreat me. They gave my red hat to this donkey. <laughs> and uh, they put antifreeze in their wine. And the policeman is like, antifreeze in the wine? That's a crime. <laughs> and I, I feel like if this was a later episode of The Simpsons, they would have made a joke like, oh, you're, they gave your hat to a donkey? That's the greatest crime in all of France. <laughs> Donkeys aren't allowed to wear hats. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that would have probably been the joke. But uh, so he, you know, like Bart says, like, I'll remember you for all my life. And it cuts over to back in America. And you have the... Uh, 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 the Simpson family are like sitting there and Homer sees that the police have arrived in the FBI and he's like, ooh, I'm going to go find out what's going on. And they're surrounding Flanders' house. <laughs> the poor Flanders. The poor, poor Flanders who are perpetually getting screwed over because they live next to Homer. Yeah, which there's a scene coming up for this that 
further proves that where the SWAT are going to the house. <laughs> they're breaking in. We hear them break the window. Oh, yeah. They're raiding the place, which you got to think how horrifyingly scary would it be for Rod and Todd and Ned and Maude? Was Grandma Flanders still living with them at the time? Had she passed yet? Is this what caused her to pass? Is this what killed Grandma Flanders? Hello, Joe! (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Joe! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, Grandma Flanders had a heart attack. So, I... So, you have, I, I... Uh, them doing the raid, and Homer's like, what's going on? Give me the dirt. And this FBI agent's just like, I can't tell you anything. And Homer's like, oh, man. And he's like, well, all right, I'll tell you a little bit. And he, like, breaks that it's a, a, a for, like, a, they've triangulated these uh, transmissions to this area, and uh, it's a country that starts with the letter A. And Homer's like, oh, man. He's like, I can't think of what it could be. Uh, there's a million countries that could start with the letter A. <laughs> it's so, uh, Adil drops his microphone. Homer says, a deal would really like this. And all of <laughs> yeah. the cops stop and they're like, Sparrow? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They refer to him as the Sparrow. And then a deal drops the microphone and they're like, it's him. Like, surround him. And they ch- like charge in. I. Uh, and then it kind of cuts over to the like the the trade off at that point, right? It's it's a really quick transition. Like Bart becomes a hero of France. Oh yeah, that's right. He he gets on magazines and stuff, which I almost wonder if that's like sort of this uh, like you know unintentional foreshadowing of like the the popularity of Bart throughout the world as he's on a magazine in uh, in France in the first episode or the first season. A voluptuous woman kisses him <laughs> as he gets, like, photos taken. Yeah. It, it's very weird that Bart became this hero of France for stopping antifreeze in the wine. I mean, maybe that's just more jokes about French, you know, French people. Wine is the most important thing to the French. That's I, all they care about. I guess. But it is just really weird, right? Yeah, it's a little weird. It's it's a little bizarre. But uh, he becomes a hero in France. Uh, a deal gets captured, and uh, it cuts to the prisoner exchange. <laughs> Where they exchange a deal for, for another foreign exchange student. Who was also a secret agent for America, who comes off the plane, and he's like, Sparrow, we meet again. And he's like, sometimes I think we are too old for this. Which is funny, but also kind of dark and weird. Yeah, it's weird that both countries have young children to be spies <laughs> for them. Yeah. So, I... I Homer's like, you know, you're not going to like put him in jail, are you? And he's like, no, 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 we're just going to send him back to Albania and get one of our, you know, students back. And uh, the general picks up the sparrow. I don't know if you caught that. It's yep, the I general himself going up to pick him up. And Homer, as a deal is flying away, is like, he's like, buy a deal. I'll send you those civil defense plans you asked for. <laughs> oh, deal, you were such a bad spy. Yeah, he really was. But it's interesting that like. Uh, Adil doesn't ever come back in The Simpsons. Nope. But he is in Bart vs. the Space Mutants. That he is. And if you'd like to hear uh, not only just any old retro video games, but if you want to especially hear me and Sean talking about Bart vs. the Space Mutants, Sean and I, uh, at this point, it's been a bit, uh, did an episode on The Legend of Retro together. What's uh, The Legend of Retro, Craig? Well, Sean, I'm glad you asked. Uh, it's an episode or a show where... Uh, podcast on the games alone network where we uh, talk about old video games and uh, sean and i as well as the glitch uh who's another co-host of mine on the legend of retro uh you know we talked about bart vs. the space mutants the very first simpsons video game so make sure to check that out i uh, but i uh, 
you know, uh, Bart comes in on the plane and he has presents and so Bart gets off the plane. And I want to point this out because this is an animation thing that it bugs me in all cartoons. Uh But here it bugs me, especially when someone has a grocery bag. The cliche thing to draw is a baguette coming out of a grocery bag. (laughs) Now, in their defense, he is coming from France. Yeah. So we're going to give him baguettes because they're French, right? I mean... That's sort of the cliche thing, at least. But uh, I, it, they just every time a grocery bag, is, there's always a baguette. How often do people buy baguettes? I can tell you from working in a grocery store, not as many people as you think buy baguettes. That is true. I will say, though, that it, when you're thinking of how to animate a grocery bag and make it interesting, what else sticks out of a grocery bag aside from baguettes, really? Carrots atop of a two liter of soda. There's no carrots long enough to be longer than the bag. It's an animated world where they'd be on the top of it, on top of something, and you'd have the stalks coming out. Touche. Touche. But I'm no animator, so apparently all you do is draw baguettes. <laughs> See? You it's... all suck, animators. Every last one of you. I hate you all. <laughs> I love you, animators. Animation is my life. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you might not want to you know, put yourself in there. Uh, so, I. Uh... So Bart, uh, they they go back home after uh, uh, Lisa refers to this as Bart's first unselfish act, bringing them souvenirs. Uh, So Maggie gets a balloon, which I think is a reference to like another animated film or something. She gets a balloon and she actually falls asleep on the balloon at some point. Oh, that's adorable. Uh, The uh, Lisa gets a little tiny guillotine. uh, uh, Guillotine. Which is a cool gift. I want one. I mean, it's pretty cool. Uh, Marge gets a dress. How did he know his mom's size? I would never have known my That's mother's not size. The I don't know gift my mom's I'm size now. There's a gift that worries me more than that. The Bart, Bart was able to get wine? Yeah, how was Bart able to get wine and bring it back into the States? <laughs> he snuck one of the bottles that had Andy Freeze in it. <laughs> I mean, I've gone through duty-free with alcohol before, and it is a pain in the butt on planes. Especially I can imagine. when you travel international, it is a huge pain. You can bring like one bottle of alcohol back, maybe two if you're lucky, based on what your flight is. Man, that's weird. I I've actually got a bottle of alcohol I've been saving that I brought back from England of Mount Gay rum, and it took me a lot to get that. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, it's a pretty good rum. Uh, they don't do it in America anymore, do it's they? Very hard to find in America. I. Hmm. Uh, so uh, Homer makes some remark about how like some joker put a cork in the bottle, and Bart in French is like, "Oh, like oh, my father's a buffoon," uh, which I uh, uh, then like Homer says something like, "Oh, do you hear that, Marge? Like my boy speaks French," and he like pulls the cork out, and that's the end of the episode. But Bart doesn't ever really speak French again, despite learning French. Nope. He kind of, sort of, not really uses it later when he refers to what the French say as Bartesque, which is really <laughs> not French. Uh, but yeah, he he never uh, uh, speaks French ever again. Uh, so it must be something he either forgot or he just keeps under his hat. He gains these skills, he loses these skills. Bart is a talented kid. It, I guess it is a certain takes a certain talent to lose a proficiency in something that easily. Uh, that or he just didn't use it and he lost it. Well, well, let's be fair for a second. Craig, you took two years of German in high school. How much do you remember? Ich heiße Craig. Wie heißt du? Mein Fisch ist auf dem Tisch. Ich möchte ein Orangensaft. Yep, there's our knowledge of German, people. Darf ich schnell zur Toilette gehen? 
That's that's all I know. That's I don't know anything else. You're right. All right, fair enough, Sean. You win. So if you don't use a language, you will lose a language. Yeah, I guess that is. Maybe I should have been using German a little bit more. It rhymes, so it must be true. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the lasting impact of this episode, Sean, what do you what do you, how do you feel about it? So I haven't watched this episode in a long time. Mm-hmm. A long time. And I don't know why. It needs to be in my rotation of episodes. This does not feel like a season one episode. It really doesn't. It, it feels like season two. It really, really does. This is uh, this is probably one of the better episodes from season one. And I don't know if I would have thought that until I watched it again for research. Because like you, I hadn't seen it in a while. Yeah, I usually skip over a lot of season one because I'm like, oh, I don't know, I'm going to have to sit through season one. This is a really good episode. It is. And I feel like the, the kind of the interesting lasting impact of this episode is I wonder if this made the writer feel like, oh, taking the Simpsons to another locale really adds a lot of flavor and jokes because as the series progressed, we would find the Simpsons going to other countries, other continents, you know, uh, eventually in the newer seasons, you would have them going to like, you know, a different country every few episodes, it seems like, you know, every season has its own like vacation episode. Heck, Homer goes to space at one period. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that this was sort of like there, not only was this a great first season episode, I think you could make the argument for it being the best first season episode. I would argue it's probably the best first season episode. Not my favorite. My, I, w- I would my, agree with my that. favorite first season episode. Bart the General. Well, we're coming. That's mine. We're, we're coming up to my favorite first season Ooh. episode. So we'll you talk know about that when we get there. Yeah, you know what? Maybe maybe I'll have to re, re- uh, change my uh, thoughts up because uh, uh, doing all this research and going through, I was thinking, man, Bart the General is I think my f- favorite season one episode. I think you might be right. There might be another one there, coming there's up. There's one more coming up that, not to tease anything, might be the my favorite. Yeah. It's not the best, but this is probably the best. Yeah, this is probably the best episode from season one. Absolutely uh, watch it again if you get the chance. I would say the lasting impact on this episode, though, is something we brought up earlier. Yeah. Using actual foreign languages for foreign characters. That is something that lasts throughout the entire series, and it... It doesn't really happen in other shows. There's not really a true need for it because, it, and I think that it should be there. But you know, like I said, you you can very easily just be like, ha ha ha, baguettes. Like another show and that it, takes heavily from The Simpsons is Family Guy, and they don't use actual foreign languages for things. They usually use the term Mila Kunis because she's the voice actress for Meg in all of their fake foreign speech. So it's really interesting that Simpsons went the extra step to get these languages. And I think that is something that most shows don't do, and they didn't have to do, but they did, and it was really appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that's uh, definitely something I would agree with. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and uh, uh, wrap up today's episode. Uh, absolutely catch this episode. It is it is probably the first, or it's probably the best episode of the first season. If you watch one episode from season one, watch this episode. Yep, I would definitely agree. I. Uh, now, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up, but I did want to mention to, uh, you know, that if you're ever interested in supporting our show, uh, make sure to check out uh, our Patreon page over at uh, www.patreon.com slash GameZilla Media, where on top of a whole bunch of other perks, uh, you also, of course, have access to Smartline. Smartline, right? Smartline. It's Smartline. Smartline. You got it right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the real show Dateline. It is Smartline. Uh, and uh, where where Sean and I, and occasionally a guest, uh, will uh, go ahead and chat about uh, uh, different topics. Uh, it's a bi-monthly episode, so uh, roughly around the beginning of the month and about halfway through the month, we uh, put out these episodes. Uh, make sure to uh, check it out if you're interested in uh, supporting our show. 
But uh, yep. yeah, definitely appreciate uh, you guys even considering supporting the show and, of course, listening in. Uh, this you know series has been a ton of fun, and uh, it's just going to get more and more fun as the seasons get better and better. Yeah, we're at the peak right now of season one, and we're going to get some more good stuff, but then we're going to get really good when we move on. Absolutely. Uh, definitely, definitely appreciate uh, you guys uh, listening in, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.